Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simul Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listing's photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simulglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. That's episode number six. You can go to awesomers.com slash six to see the show notes and details. That's awesomers.com slash six. Today, my special guest is Matt Clark, who's the CEO and co-founder of amazing.com. He's also a serial entrepreneur and an investor. He's been featured on amazing publications like Forbes, uh, the Under 30 CEO, and business.com. Matt and his partner, Jason Katzenbach, have created training programs that have helped thousands of entrepreneurs build their businesses around the world. Matt's commitment to helping others find their own path to success is something that is unique and enduring. One of the things I love about Matt uh, and just his spirit of generosity is the fact that he doesn't just see a problem, he sees the solution and then often will create a training to help somebody live that solution. I really, really uh, appreciate how they approach things, and I'm super excited to have Matt on board. So again, this is episode number six of the Awesomers podcast, awesomers.com slash six to get all the show details. Okay, welcome everybody back, uh, awesomers.com, coming back to you. Uh, we uh, are thrilled that you're here, and uh, you're going to be glad that you joined us today. We've got one of my favorite awesomers, Matt Clark, joining us today. Matt, how are you? Uh, good. How are you doing, Steve? Thanks I'm for really having me. Really well. It looks like a beautiful day uh, over there in Texas, huh? Yeah, by the looks of it, it's about uh, 95 degrees, but uh, other than that, it's good to go. Wow, that is hot. Uh, up here in Seattle, uh, we had a couple of warm days, but uh, when there's clouds out there like that, it's lucky to hit 70, so uh, wow. very different. That'd be nice right now. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Matt. And, you know, if you can just help the audience um, get a little bit more context on, you know, kind of where you live um, and what you do in general terms right now. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm down here in uh, Austin, Texas. I've uh, been here about nine years or so, came from Houston, was pretty much in Houston my entire life. Uh, and we have a company called amazing.com. And so we essentially help people build e-commerce businesses, start and grow e-commerce businesses with a heavy focus on Amazon. Nice. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm not only uh, aware of uh, amazing.com, but a big fan. And uh, we'll probably talk about some of the fun stories that we can share uh, later on. So uh, one of the things that that I enjoy uh, finding out about is where people began. How did they get where they are today? Because no doubt that you have changed uh, not just your own life in very positive ways with your journey, but so many others, uh, countless others. Uh, in fact, it's certainly in the tens of thousands, uh, which is really exciting. But I like to dive back into the very beginning. And so we're going to do it right after we come back from a break. 
Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P A R S I M O N Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, Matt, so we're back here again, uh, and we're talking about, you know, kind of the beginnings, you know, uh, how did you get started? And I'd like to just start with the most simple, where, where were you born? Yeah, so I was born in Ardmore, Oklahoma, little middle of nowhere town, Oklahoma, but then uh, when I was about two, parents uh, kind of moved me down here to Houston anyways. Wow, now that's a town I've never heard the, the name of before. Yeah. <laughs> Ardmore, was it? Yeah, Ardmore, I guess this tiny little town where my dad back in the day decided to build a law practice. And I'm not, it's not exactly sure how they ended up there, but that's where they were. Fascinating. Well, there you go. And I was going to ask you next what, you know, your parents' background was, but it sounds like your father was a lawyer. Is that right? Yeah, he was in the military for about 10 years and then uh, became a lawyer. And my mom was also kind of similar story, not quite as long in the military, but also did that and also became a lawyer. And then so, uh, both of them have, have been entrepreneurs of some sort, either a law practice or something else at, at some point. Fascinating. Uh, was there ever any pressure for you to get into the law game, family business? Not, no, not really. You know, they never pushed me too much in any one direction, which was, I guess, good and bad at times. Uh, but no, no, never pressure there. Okay, that's interesting. I, I've definitely seen it both ways where uh, sometimes the parents are like, you've got to follow our footsteps. It's the way to go. Uh, how about any siblings? Uh, yeah, so I have uh, two half-sisters and one full sister. A um, couple of them still live in Texas. One of them lives over in California. Nice. Okay, good. And uh, how about university? Did you uh, attend university? If so, where? Yeah, so I went to University of Houston, and I was in the uh, entrepreneurship program. They have a pretty well-ranked entrepreneurship program down there for undergrad, which uh, I found that out when I was about halfway through college, and so applied and got in. And uh, But yeah, it was a good time. Oh, nice. And uh, so what what, did, what was your biggest takeaway from that experience, uh, if there was a single thing you could point at? From the entrepreneurship program? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that um, what, what helped me a lot from there was like, you know, you're still learning in kind of an academic environment, but it was mostly entrepreneurs that were teaching the things. I mean, one of the guys uh, ran a big shipping company and sold it way back in the day, and these guys were just kind of giving back. Um, and so what helped me is I kind of understood like the context of business. Because whereas like the rest of my business degree undergrad would focus a lot on like, you're an employee in this tiny little cog and this giant wheel, as opposed to the entrepreneurship program is like, you're going to have to figure all this stuff out. You're going to have to have some idea of what's going on with finance and accounting and marketing and management. And so like when I started my first business, I still made a hell of a lot of mistakes and I and, uh, had to figure a lot of things out, but I at least like understood all the pieces and then kind of just kind of, I guess, had to figure out how to put them together. Well, for uh, all the awesomers out there listening, uh, mistakes are just part of the process, right? Uh, fundamentally, entrepreneurs are problem solvers, and you know we we make a, a a theory about a solution, and if it doesn't work, we come up with a new solution. Is is that how you did it as well? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always more than happy to avoid some of the mistakes. Some of them end up being pretty painful. Uh, but yeah, there's there's no other way to do it. You can read all the books you want, go to school like I did and all that stuff. But there's still going to be a whole lot of stuff you're going to have to find out the hard way. Yeah, mistakes will be made. Believe me, uh, I, I've got uh, more than a few scars on my back. Uh, so how did you have a traditional job uh, as you came out of university? Yeah, so my plan back then, I graduated in 2008, and in 2007, uh, I started off with a marketing degree, but then found the entrepreneurship thing, and then uh, really started liking finance and had a great finance teacher, so I switched my other major over to finance, and I was like, you know what? I was like, this sounds great. I was like, these, these hedge fund managers are doing really well for themselves. This is 2007, and I was like, I'm going to go join an investment bank, and then I'm going to start my own hedge fund. That was the game plan coming out of college. And then so I joined an investment bank, uh, Citigroup, and uh, then after a couple months, uh, well, a couple months, two things happened. Like one is I was freaking miserable just as an employee. Uh, and second off, the entire financial market was imploding on itself. Um, and we were seeing it live every single day at the office on the TVs around the office. Um, so both of those things kind of led me to the idea that, you know what, I'm going to sort of expedite my plan to go build a business. There was never anything that special about doing a hedge fund. It was just kind of a means to an end. And so then, uh, yeah, I quit after seven months and then kind of never looked back. Oh, amazing. Well, and for those who may not uh, remember firsthand, uh, it was an absolute financial uh, chaos and catastrophe time. Uh, 2008 was when kind of the wheels came off of the whole financial system and there was just a, a complete meltdown. Many of the largest finance companies went out of business. Lehman Brothers and the like, you know, 100 yeah. plus year old companies disappeared. Yeah, we were sitting there at the office. We had kind of very open office, kind of like boiler room style, but not so much on the phones. Everyone's on the computers. Uh, but yeah, we were sitting up there and saw the entire Citigroup stock, a multi-billion dollar company, like their stock went down to a dollar. Um, wouldn't have been a bad idea to buy it at the time, but didn't have that kind of foresight. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting times. Well, yeah, at that time, even the smartest guys on the planet were still selling at a buck fifty. It's like, you know, I got to get out of this thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's always interesting to me to look back at the cycles of business because, you know, there's the hot times where everybody's like, I got to get in. And then there's the cold times where everybody's like, I got to get out. Yeah. But really, it always goes in those cycles. So and the financial market has done that uh, yet again. Uh, well, that's very interesting. I, I didn't remember the uh, the investment bank piece of that. So once you came out of there, what was the first business that you kind of uh, set your teeth into? So, um, yeah, I left, I left there and I was in Houston and I was like, well, you know, my dad, he had a, he had a medical business and I was like, well, I've, I've been this tiny little piece in this massive company that spans the entire world pretty much. And then I was like, I, I don't know what business I want to start. I know I want to start something. So my next move was basically, I moved to Austin and I was like, I'll help my dad with his business. I like marketing. I was fairly good at marketing. They were kind of lacking in that. And so, uh, I, I jumped in there started helping him with some marketing stuff and some other things, just kind of however I could. Uh, while I was figuring out what I wanted to do. And I found out within a couple months that there were some very high-end health supplements that are, are now more mainstream. But back then, they were typically only sold through doctor's offices. I mean, like really good brands like Thorn Research and Zymogen and a whole bunch of other ones. Um, and so the, doc, the, the, the reps from those companies kept coming by the office and trying to sell them all these supplements to sell through their clinics to their patients. And um, I kind of had the idea. I was like, is anybody selling these things online? And it wasn't really a thing. Nobody was really selling those online. And so uh, kind of fumbled my way through building an e-commerce store and then set up a store and then started basically selling those same products online and then set up drop shipping accounts, which just means that if somebody ordered on my store, then I could send that order off to the manufacturer. They would ship it to the customer, which means I didn't have to have any inventory myself. 
I didn't really have the money to have inventory myself at the time. And uh, so, yeah, so then kind of went from there and then, then scaled that business up as, as fast as I could. I love it. Yeah, that's a uh, boy. What a great uh, way to kind of think about the basics of, you know, the e-commerce models. There's so many different kinds, but, you know, basic one that and I started with this myself as well, drop shipping so many years ago where I didn't have the money for so many SKUs and all the inventory and all that. But all these manufacturers or distributors or however you did it, they have inventory standing by. And if they can execute with excellence, you can kind of, uh, you know, grow from there and, and leverage their uh, inventory base. Very, very well done. Uh, it yeah. definitely brings back the memories. So, uh, you know, so I know that you've done a, a number of things uh, beyond there. So from, from, from then to now, was there a particular defining moment that kind of set your path into, into where you really, uh, you know, kind of, in my mind, you know, have hit this uh, stratosphere of awesomeness? Yeah. So I say there's like a couple big kind of pivot points is um, one is that I had a product that was kind of taking off on my e-commerce store. And I didn't even know what it was. It was like a weight loss supplement at the time, but it was kind of a product just taking off and it was just blowing everything out of the water. And I wasn't doing anything to make it happen. I had 11,000 products on my store and I was like, what the hell is this thing? And why is it selling so well? And it's because it was like the new fad diet of the time. And um, then coincidentally, within like a few weeks, I was at the pool at my apartment at the time and I met this guy and he and I were talking business and like I was telling him about this product and that kind of thing. He was like, coincidentally happened to be a manufacturer not of that brand but of like that product and so he was like you know you're buying that thing for like i was selling it for probably like 25 dollars uh and he was like yeah he's like you're buying that thing for like 12 dollars, selling somebody else's brand he's like i can get you your own same exact product with your own brand for like three dollars and i was like hell i was like that sounds great and so then i did that and so created my own first brand uh, as opposed to selling everyone else's and kept selling it alongside theirs but my margins were a lot better and so that was my first kind of foray into private labeling. And so that was a big turning point. The other one was, is that along the way, I had kind of built my business originally off of like pay-per-click advertising with Google AdWords. And then I switched over most of the traffic to SEO. And uh, Amazon was just killing me like all day long and uh, in the rankings on Google. And so I figured out at some point, I was like, you know, you got to be able to sell on this thing. I was like, it looks like other people are. So kind of bumbled my way into that and then um, ended up figuring out how to, how to uh, sell products on Amazon. And listed all my products and then started finding out that wasn't such a good idea because the dropshipper couldn't fulfill half of them. And so nearly killed the Amazon account, uh, but then kind of tightened that in and then started using my own private label brands on there. And then started finding out uh, it was very easy to scale on there, selling your own brand and applying some of the marketing strategies everyone knew for their own e-commerce store, but nobody was using them on Amazon write a good title, write a good description, have good images, add a bonus with your product. Like nobody was doing that stuff back then. And so I was doing that and I was getting all kinds of products to rank extremely well, ramping up sales very fast. Uh, but along the way, I mean, I always kind of felt that like, you know, being the guy who's like sitting there in the dark corners of the internet, like running a business with my laptop was never really like my end goal in life. Like I uh, like speaking, I like helping other people. Like to me, that was much more interesting. And so um, I had the idea that I was going to start kind of like, teaching what I was doing. Uh, and so I was in a mastermind group and I basically said, offered to do a free webinar and I was getting some feedback from them. And that's where I met the other co-founder of Amazing, uh, Jason Katzenbach. And he was like, look, I've got an email list of like 250,000 people that are interested in building businesses. He's like, I think they'd love to hear about what you have to say. He's like, would you be interested in creating a course? And I was like, funny thing is, I've been thinking about that. And so he and I came together created a course on how to do what I was doing with Amazon. And then, um, yeah, had a lot of success uh, for a lot of people. You know, we had people that had basically gone from nothing to building multi-million dollar companies. 
uh, when, when they tried a bunch of other stuff um, and nothing else would really work for them. And that's kind of over the past six years, what's been my main focus is, is doing that and helping as many people as possible with that. Yeah, it's it's uh, actually a, a wonderful story. There's a few little tidbits of uh, information in there. One is it sounds like we all need to do a little bit more networking by the pool because we can uh, reduce our cost base. So that's a that's a good uh, little uh, golden nugget for you. Uh, but the the reality is, you know, at that mastermind, you guys put your heads together, and Jason's a great guy, and and you're able to put this uh, this concept into motion, and that has now evolved over, as you said, the last six years to to change people's lives not just a few people not three or four people not even three or four hundred people but literally thousands of people and i've met many many of these people firsthand hundreds myself firsthand so i'm definitely a a big proponent of a well executed course and i think you guys have done a, a tremendous job with that i really respect it so uh, kudos to you thank you um so as you think about you know kind of this this journey and this path you know, has there been any big lesson kind of, you know, right up to the present time? Is there any lesson that sticks out to you that, gosh, I wish I, I uh, either I, I'm glad I know it now or I wish I would have knew it earlier, anything along that line? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest ones you kind of just touched on it is like, if I look back in like some of the biggest moments and biggest sort of leaps in terms of success in, uh, in my path to where I am today, is like I can almost trace it back to like meeting individual people. Um, you know, a lot of times we want to like stick our head down and try to be the genius in the, in our, in our, in the sort of like office by ourselves, cranking along, figuring out some new strategy online. But it's like, if you go meet somebody who's already done all that stuff and there's some sort of synergistic relationship, you can bypass years of having to learn all that crap on your own. And so I can literally trace back some of the biggest leaps in success for me to like meeting certain people, uh, whether it was in the e-commerce business or in kind of our education business now. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a huge one for me. Um, another one is, uh, focusing on the quality of what you do, uh, early on in the e-commerce world, like I was selling other people's products, but when I started selling my own products, uh, my goal was just to kind of fill the need that was there and then sell whatever I could get my hands on. Uh, and that worked okay. Um, but it, it's not, uh, greatly sustainable if you're not selling a product that's really better than everyone else's. And you're constantly trying to make it better than everyone else's because there's inevitably always going to be new people in the market. And somebody's going to be like, hmm, like I see customers are saying this. Maybe if I made this just a little bit better, uh, then people would buy mine instead of the existing one, which happened to be mine. And so that's happened many times. And so focusing as early on as possible. At the end of the day, I mean, business is all about creating something that people actually want to buy. And they usually want to buy it either because it's a good price or because it's a good quality or both. And so if you're not constantly trying to, if you're not, if you're not, don't want to play the low price game, then if you're playing the quality game, if you're not constantly looking at making the thing better, like it's, it's just kind of by definition, you're, you're going to struggle over the long term. Yeah, definitely. Business will decay if it's not improving. So again, wonderful insights there. First of all, entrepreneurs often feel isolated, right? They often feel alone. And you described that dark room kind of in the back corner. Uh, many entrepreneurs are like that. And one of the, the cures to just kind of breaking out of your own space is to get out there and network and, and build relationships, which can be pivotal. In your case, they were, you know, some of the defining moments for you that those relationships were able to set you on the right path. And yeah. then, you know, finally, the, the very premise of selling a product should be to iterate and make it better and better and better. Otherwise, the competition will pass you. And uh, boy, those are really important lessons. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you look at like a, like an, an, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, you look at like an Apple or a Tesla or Google from a search engine perspective. I mean, they're all built on having the best freaking product possible. And then when they really nail it, I mean, of course they get the market right, which you can say is luck or by design or whatever. But when they get their leadership standpoint right is when their product is so far beyond everyone else's that, um, that, that there's no reason why somebody would buy somebody else's other than price. Like nobody can ever say our product is as good uh, because it's not when it comes to any of those. And those are the people that have done it really well. And so we've done that on a smaller scale in different areas. Uh, but yeah, absolutely critical. Yeah, and again, I'll tell you, price is is that's the most dangerous, and it's the the fastest, and I would even say as marketeers, the most lazy way to approach things. If you're just going to sell on price, you will be beat by China. Period. China can always beat you on price. Or if you don't have a physical manufacturing plant, any manufacturer can ultimately beat you on price if they can market. So iteration and and then differentiation ultimately. And you you talked about it. I think you hinted at this that looking at the customer feedback and then figuring out how to solve those problems or how to add those features that they're asking about. What a great insight, but often overlooked. Yeah. I mean, one of the earliest ways where I was able to ramp up sales fast on Amazon, which isn't quite as easy to do now because of their rules, but the same concept applies is that, you know, selling a weight loss product and the weight loss product required a specific diet to go along with it. And the diet was not like one company's, it was a kind of publicly available information and so I said, look, you know, whenever you buy this product, you'll get this ebook, and we included like a little business card with a URL on it. Uh, you'll get this ebook whenever you buy the product, and so included the 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 bottle of uh, liquid plus the ebook inside of the image, and that was enough to say, why would I buy anybody else's if it's the same price? Uh, if I can get the ebook thing also, and so uh, yeah, I mean, same thing applies. We tell people that all day long on Amazon now, like read the reviews, find out what people like, what they don't like and do something at least slightly better. In most cases, it doesn't mean you're having to go out there and custom manufacture and prototype or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you're just being a little better for customers. Yeah, it's and this is one of the things, especially when you're dealing with uh, China sourcing, which is a lot of uh, people dealing with you know consumer products, less so in, in supplements or health and beauty, but uh, often if you just try to beat China down to the lowest price, they'll, they'll engineer that price down for you. And we had a case uh, where we had a keyboard and it came in and the first reviewers are like, hey, the, the hinge keeps breaking. And we're like, why is the hinge breaking? We looked at it and we're like, this thing is 50% plastic. This should be metal. And so we asked the factory, it's like, why is the hinge plastic? You know, we specified metal. And they're like, yeah, but you also specified, you know, $18.12 for the price. So we had to, you know, kind of engineer that price point uh, hmm. to help you get your price. I'm like, well, how much is the total metal hinge? They're like, that's going to cost you. I'm like, how much? like well it's 40 cents a unit more and it's like oh my gosh we can go from 20 percent returns down to three percent returns with a 40 cent per unit difference and that tiny little thing would have been clear and evident in reviews for sure yep amazing um so you know being an entrepreneur a lot of people they see the glitz and the glamour and and you know you're you're a, a very professional speaker and you're on stage and people are like oh man this guy he's a uh, shiny and professional and awesome uh, but has there ever been a time where you wanted to give up or or at least doubted yourself? Uh, yeah, about a million. Um, yeah, I mean, like even back in the e-commerce days, like I was able to ramp up from nothing to like $2 million a year in revenue in like less than two years in my first business I'd ever built, which I thought was pretty good. But Very good. I literally did not want to check email ever because every time I log in, there'd be some manufacturer complaining to me about the way I was selling stuff online because they'd have some doctor complaining to them 
that, hey, nobody's buying in my clinic anymore because they can get the stuff online. And so it was just, it was terrible. And so I had to deal with that all the time, had to deal with like, you know, AdWords accounts getting shut down. And I wasn't trying to necessarily do anything terrible. It's just moving and shaking a lot of pieces, not, not super great at operations and uh, pretty inexperienced. And so it was just a lot of moving pieces that were not, that were having issues. And then, you know, with Amazing, it's like, you know, we went from basically nothing to all of a sudden creating this program that a lot of people wanted and everyone wanted to kind of share with other people. So we went from basically handful of employees to like 65 employees over the course. When we really hit that growth spurt, we kind of like went at the same level for a couple of years. But then when we hit that growth spurt, we went from like a handful of employees to 65 employees in basically like a year uh, and uh, nearly sort of imploded on ourselves. And uh, yeah, that was not good. Had to, had to lay off people and that's basically nothing worse than business. And um, yeah, there's a lot of times in there probably hit like a solid year of uh, what you could probably consider like depression after that. Sure. Uh, just trying to sort all that stuff out. And um, yeah, and so there's definitely been a lot, of, a lot of moments. I mean, the way I've sort of seen it is like, I've thought about uh, like, what would it look like if I just kind of threw in the towel and said, forget this, just because, you know, you think about all kinds of stuff. Sure. I wouldn't say that I've ever truly considered it. It's one of these things that, you know, it's like, I think, I think in my head, like I wrapped up like being an entrepreneur, like as my identity. And so it's one of those things. It's like, you don't really like give up on your identity. It's kind of like who you are. Um, it's not like I'm giving up on being a human being. Um, so for that kind of thing, it's like as rough as it got, it's like I like figured I would always find a way to always make it happen, would have to change this, change that. Like you said earlier, iterate on something, but like completely giving up was was never really an option. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is one of the things that the, especially for entrepreneurs, I think they're more predisposed to kind of uh, getting in their own heads and, and uh, challenging themselves uh, you know, the, the uh, imposter syndrome that people talk about from time to time, I know you've talked about it, it creeps in all the time and it can get incredibly dark for people. And this is why I appreciate, you know, guys like yourself, Sharon, and I've been there myself too, uh, with layoffs and with all kinds of things that like, they just didn't go the way we wanted to go, but yeah. we have to solve problems. That's what entrepreneurs do. And so we have to push through and persevere. And ultimately that's what defines an awesomer, somebody who never stops. They just keep going. They never give up. And yeah. uh, one of the favorite quotes uh, that I love to use in this case is the uh, Winston Churchill, you know, he says, uh, when you're going through hell, keep going, right? And uh, that's a, a good advice for me and <laughs> definitely something that I try to follow. Yeah, I was just uh, reading kind of like Amazon's annual report for, for last year. It's always funny, you look at, like, you can pick any big company, they're just an example, but like you look at the part where they have to disclose like ongoing lawsuits, it's like pages of lawsuits that they're dealing with and not just like a tiny little thing, it's like somebody's like, saying that their entire Amazon Prime membership is like part of their own property because of some reason. And it's like stuff like that. I mean, it's just unfortunately when you're dealing with that much money, it's like the more successful you become because it's money and people have such a scarcity mindset around there that it's like, you know, inevitably there's, there's going to be those kind of issues, but it's kind of part of business. It is part of business, boy. And it's a regrettable part, but it's just reality. So instead of us lamenting it, we just got to, you know, get with the program. I have a fleet of lawyers for different purposes that, you know, rarely will we do anything offensive, uh, meaning not offensive, uh, like decorum-wise, but we rarely go on the offense. Uh, yeah. But we have to be able to be prepared to deal with so many different things, patents, trademarks, copyrights, um, you know, business structure, taxes, all, all these various things. So it's a, it is part of life. And, and the larger you get, it's inevitable 
that you know legal things are going to be a reality. Uh, yep. Amazon has more than their share going, I'm sure. Um, okay, so uh, now can you give us? So we talked about you know kind of the time where yeah this was not going well and we had uh, issues. Uh, how about a best day? Do you have a, an example of a best day in your professional life that you look at and go, ah, oh, that was a nice day? Yeah, I mean, I would say probably. Um... You know, the first live event we ever did for our members, um, you know, we had about 600 people, which is pretty good for a first live event, but that, well, that wasn't really the important thing. Like it was that, you know, a lot of times you're so, um, especially in an online business, it's like, you're so wrapped up in like the online world. And then, you know, you hear some customers say they have a good time. And then if you're dealing with customer support, uh, a lot of times it's people that are having issues and that's why they're contacting. And like, that's your kind of only interaction with the people that are buying from you. And so for us, uh, we're like, is this thing actually doing anything? Are we actually helping anybody with this? Like we kind of hope to. And then so we do our first live event. And then, um, you know, we're, we're up there. And like every time, we get, every time we go on break, like we kind of hang out and talk with everybody. And we're just getting person after person after person coming up to us and saying, like, you changed my life. You changed my life. You changed my life. And uh, at first, we're like, ah, you know, it's because we're on stage. They've got kind of like the mini celebrity effect. But then the more and more people that said it, we're like, I think we are actually doing something like pretty good here. And so that for me is kind of like what set everything else in motion for like doing this for more than just like a business to build or a company to grow or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's more about, you know, the people we can help. I mean, at this point, like I've made enough money where I don't have to work or any of that kind of stuff. And so like have to be after it for other reasons. And so having that kind of experience, like kind of gave me another reason for, for doing what we do. So that was definitely pretty memorable. Yeah, that's uh, it's very important for entrepreneurs to take a victory lap from time to time and take those points of recognition because often we're like, all right, what, what's next? What's next? Uh, and so I'm glad that you do that. And it, it really is a legitimate uh, bit of feedback from so many of uh, these uh, wonderful examples where their lives have changed. And not, not just like, hey, uh, you know, I don't have to struggle to pay the cable bill. It's like, hey, I, I work full time in my own business. I have a freedom lifestyle. I'm designing what I want in life. And in my experience, that leads to much higher fulfillment for you, you know, for the, those involved in creating that than just the idea of, uh, you know, breaking the next sales record. It's that kind of fulfillment uh, that I see as very valuable. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it also kind of like gives you like a tiny little bit of extra protection against the downside. Because when things go bad, it's kind of like that stuff sticks in your head. You need a good balance there, a constant dose of like trying to seek out that kind of like positive reinforcement. Um, but yeah, no, I think it definitely helps, uh, helps deal with some of the bad stuff that ends up popping up. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so uh, before we head to our, our last break and, and talk about how people can find uh, your stuff online and so forth, uh, do you have a favorite tool that you use day to day? It could be an app, it could be a plugin, it could be a, a, you know, uh, any, anything that you use day to day, technology driven, that you feel like you couldn't live without perhaps? Hmm. Um... You know, one thing that I've kind of like morphed for myself, which I found super helpful over the past like year is, uh, I guess, I guess it's, you know, like the one thing book, um, the, they basically wrote a book that's done extremely well. And so they built kind of an online program related to like implementing some of that stuff. And so they have a spreadsheet that I've used that has, uh, really helped me a lot. I mean, like you don't have to use theirs I mean, the format's relatively simple, but it's one that's like the first thing that's bookmarked for me. It's the thing that before I do anything, I check there. And like the format, you can create it yourself is, is relatively simple. And so you're basically starting off with like kind of what we were just talking about. The top is like some bullet points on like, 
things you've achieved that have gone well over the past three months. And so a lot of times it kind of get banner, banner blindness, but when you force yourself to look at that, it kind of like sets you off in a mindset of, you know, yes, I can do more good stuff because I've already done this good stuff. And so you kind of keep a note of like the stuff that has gone well over the past three months. And then from there, you start going into, uh, you know, the big things you want to accomplish this year, broken down by areas of your life. It can be business, it can be personal, it can be more granular than that, uh, different areas of your business, but basically the high level stuff you want to accomplish over the year, and then break that down to, of those things, what am I knocking off this month? Whatever this month happens to be, what am I knocking off this month? So you're essentially pulling from that top list. Same thing for the week. Of the stuff I'm going to set to do, I said I'm going to do this month, what am I doing this week? And the same thing for the day. And so I think it, it provides a lot of clarity and it's not overwhelming. It's not like you're trying to use 17 apps to do this or keep notes all in a whole bunch of different places. And to me, it's been like a, a fairly simple system that, that I think has helped a lot. I love it. Yeah. You know, uh, focus is so key. And, you know, entrepreneurs, we often have these to-do lists that are a thousand miles long. Uh, you know, the do not do list should, in my opinion, be just as long, if not longer. But yeah. just having that prioritization is so critical. We all think we can multitask, but it doesn't work that well. So I, yeah. I like uh, I like your strategy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be back up to wrap up uh, this show. Be right back. Empower. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do. Because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, Matt, now that we're back, uh, let's talk about the future. Give us your kind of view of how you look, uh, what, what your life looks like in five years using the uh, good old crystal ball. Sure, yeah. So if, uh, if things go according to plan, you know, we hope to uh, keep making amazing much more successful. Uh, you know, we want to add value in other areas of the business beyond just the training side. Like we're looking at potential acquisitions and uh, creating other things ourselves uh, from software to services. And really trying to um, help people in a lot of areas of this business is because, you know, with selling your own brand, selling physical products, especially leveraging Amazon, like it's still a fairly new marketplace. As big as Amazon is, like it still seems fairly new and there's not a whole lot of great stuff out there for people uh, in terms of products for all the different areas of the business. And so we kind of want to uh, start chipping away at that stuff and so that we can help people essentially save time and increase sales and profits. You know, we've, we're our entrepreneurs, we've been entrepreneurs, and we know that like, if the more time we can save people, the better it's gonna be for them, the better it's gonna be for everyone, for their business. And so that's, that's a huge focus of ours. Uh, and we're also looking at, you know, other things we can do that are kind of more altruistic. You know, we're in this position where, uh, you know, we've, we've got a decent amount of sort of uh, thought leadership, you know, we've got a big audience, we've got a lot of members, and so we want to really use that to do the most good in the world as possible. You know, we're looking at ways where, you know, we can possibly uh, get involved with sustainable packaging, uh, you know, to help. Because There's a lot of crazy stuff going on of the ocean, if you follow that. Sure. Uh, so seeing if we can get involved in any of that sort of thing. And then uh, anything else that we can kind of spread our impact from our own company and sort of inspire all the people, the thousands, tens of thousands of people that we have. Uh, that are members to, to do better things in their companies. You know, at the end of the day, like we're here to start off basically serving the entrepreneurs, but those entrepreneurs are impacting all kinds of people. They're hiring people, they're affecting their community, their family, their friends. 
And so we see ourselves as having this great position where we can have a massive impact that kind of ripples out through, you know, millions of people. And so we really want to do that carefully and do it in a way where it, it creates, you know, as cheesy as it may sound, a, a better world for everyone. Employees that have great jobs that work for these people, communities that are doing better, which is already happening on a very small scale. And uh, we just want to be more intentional about it. And so, uh, yeah, we think that it's uh, uh, a great opportunity for us to have a, a great impact in the world. Yeah, it's a very exciting. And really, you know, this is a fundamental truth that I believe that entrepreneurs, in fact, they add to the world. They don't take away from the world, right? And so the more, uh, you know, awesomers and entrepreneurs that are out there impacting things and doing things in an economically sustainable and viable and exciting way that also helps uh, people in various ways, everything from the eco side to all the way through to just pure efficiency and profitability. All these things are capitalism uh, squared and they, and they work really well. So, um, so do you, do you, as, as we close up and we're going to have in the show notes, how to uh, find uh, Matt's company and, and all the, the various ways to get in touch with these guys. Uh, but I wonder if you just have any words of wisdom for our awesomers uh, as we close up the show. Yeah. I mean, I think to kind of like close the loop on some of the things that we've talked about. I mean, I think first off, get started if you haven't already, if you're not already jumping in there, trying to do something for yourself. But, you know, I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, if you're living your life kind of miserable, you're working for somebody else in a job you don't like or a heck of a business you don't like either way, then life is far too short to like keep doing that for a long time. You know, the sooner you can get out there, you know, now is probably going to be the best time for you to jump out there and do that. There's not necessarily going to be a better time. And so getting started is a huge one. And then, um, yeah, beyond that, you know, kind of never giving up. Uh, you know, I, I kind of see there's, there's like two components and I kind of had this realization 10 years ago is that I think there's only like two things you need to literally achieve anything in life uh, is one is focus and two is persistence. Is that, you know, where a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, we want to do 17 things at the same time. And that ends up almost inevitably screwing people over. Then in the same situation myself, after we told a whole bunch of people not to do that, <laughs> I've done it myself. Uh, so, so I know what this is about. And so staying focused at starting off one business, one brand, one product, uh, and then growing from there and being very intentional about how you add to your plate. Because usually it's not a matter of, of doing more. It's a matter of doing whatever you're doing now better. Uh, but then, yeah, so if, if you're super focused, the only other kind of missing component over the long term to be successful is persistence. You know, a lot of people, uh, we get messages all the time, like people have been cranking along and they're like, they run into one issue and then they want to quit. And, uh, you know, you talk to anybody, literally anybody that's ever been successful, big scale, small scale, whatever, they've faced a ton of freaking problems. Like that's kind of how we started this thing out. They've all had problems. They've all had issues. That's inevitably going to happen. Like the people that are going to, be successful over the long term, over five years, 10 years, 20 years, are the ones who, who pick their battle, you know, kind of stay focused and then uh, keep going no matter what happens. And, you know, because in the day, like a lot of stuff, you know, it's kind of cliched, but it's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. And this is coming from somebody who wants everything now or yesterday. And so uh, I had to learn some of this stuff myself. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great life if you just keep at it. Long well, that's uh, it. Really, is uh, you know those uh, they may sound trite or they may sound you know so obvious, but nobody acts or very few act on these very core principles, which are do something, act now, just do it, get started, and don't stop. Right? Don't give up. And that really is what defines you know awesomers uh, long term is that they took action, not afraid to fail. Even if you're afraid to fail, just fail fast, and then go ahead and stick to it until you get it right. 
there, it is not a straight route to success for sure. It is full of surprises. And, uh, you know, to me, one of the worst things is surprise in business. I've had a couple surprises this very day that I'm not thrilled about. Uh, <laughs> and that's just life. That's, you know, I'm in the business of solving problems and, and everybody out there is in that same business. So very wise words of, of wisdom there. Thank you, uh, Matt. And thank you for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure having you on board. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. Uh, hopefully uh, everyone got some value out of this and I appreciate you for having me. Uh, no doubt they did. Uh, awesomers, we'll be back right after this. Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. Gosh, I love a good origin story. I just, I find it so fascinating how everybody has their own ways of, you know, getting through this world and kind of making their own path. And yet uh, it's it's persistence and it's kind of the the seizing an opportunity and not, a, not being afraid to take risk or even if you're afraid to take it anyway. And uh, Matt's story is something that is very inspiring. And, and again, not only has he created an awesomer lifestyle for himself, but he's influenced thousands and thousands of others around the world, probably tens of thousands, if I'm being fair. And that's a really great story indeed. So thank you guys again for joining us on the Awesomers podcast number six. You can again go to awesomers.com slash six to see all the show notes and details. And again, this is a good time for you to remember to go ahead and share this and maybe leave a review. And uh, remember that paying it forward is a good thing to do for yourself and for Awesomers around the world. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at Awesomers.com. Thank you again. Awesomers.com